Uh, we are so privileged to have uh, Dr. Jeffrey Hagri here, Jeff Hagri with us. This is one thing I know about him, uh, that he loves the Lord. Uh, his heart is for God. He loves God. And the second thing that I know about him is he loves the church. He loves the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and he is a father. He has a son that is into art and photography, hoping to change the world. I like that. And a daughter who is in high school, and his wife is not here. So if you're watching from somewhere, uh, we send you our love and our greetings. All right? Yes. Um, we, we, we had a connection at, AB, uh, uh, at Valley Forge. Uh, it was the time that Ray was giving his SAT on that day when we had meeting, and he let the whole staff pray for us. So we thank you for that, right? We are fathers. We are fathers. Oh, one thing I forgot. He's also the executive director of American Baptist Home Mission Society. All right? So. But I thought loving the Lord and loving the church was more important. So. Let's give him a big hand and welcome, welcome. Yes. At all times, and the Lord's praise will continually be in my, my, in my mouth. Thank you, Pastor Valui, for that very warm welcome. And uh, thank you, for uh, Pastor Margaret, for uh, the hospitality. I arrived on yesterday and had dinner over uh, at their home with one of the life groups. And uh, it was just fascinating to experience the fellowship, to meet new people, new, meet new brothers and sisters in Christ, hang out with some uh, young children. Uh, to uh, take a tour of their garden. Did you know that he's a gardener? He probably weaves that into his sermons. Uh, not only in the spirit, but he's a gardener in real life. I mean, he actually has all this stuff like tomatoes and herbs and all this wonderful, uh, all these wonderful veggies growing in his in his garden. It's like a regular old hip city veg house, you know. And so it was really uh, cool to be with them. Uh, it's great to be here with each of you in Santa Clara. Uh, I bring you greetings from American Baptist Home Mission Societies. How many of you have heard of American Baptist Home Mission Societies? Uh, I was uh, looking over the, uh, reading over the history of uh, this church, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, uh, on your website the other day, and uh, was really intrigued to learn that uh, back in 1848, you know, American Baptist Home Mission Societies, we finally called ourselves ABHMS. Uh, we were started in 1832. Well, only about 16 years after we were, we were started in 1848, Home Mission Society sent a missionary named Osgood Wheeler uh, to California from New York. We we're headquartered in New York City and commissioned Osgood Wheeler to travel out west. He ended up in San Francisco uh, in 1849 and started the First Baptist Church of San Jose. And, uh, and shortly after that, started a Sunday school in Santa Clara, which is today this church, uh, Santa Clara First Baptist Church. So we have, uh, Home Mission Societies has a long history with you from your start, from your very beginning, and uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I also want to welcome uh, my colleague, Lauren Eng, Reverend Lauren Eng. Stand up, Lauren. Uh, she's here with us today. Lauren uh, lives uh, here in the San Francisco area, 
and, uh, and so she's also one of our program directors. She directs uh, a program uh, that's called the Leadership Empowerment Ministries. You know, yeah, 180 years ago, we were sending uh, missionaries across the U.S. Uh, we don't commission, commission missionaries as often today as we, we did back then. Uh, but recognizing that God has uh, empowered and called and sent so many persons in various forms of ministry, one of the things we try to do through leadership empowerment is be a resource to persons answering the call to serve God, and they answer in many different ways. So we have continued our tradition of empowering persons, giving them the resources that they need to spread the gospel of Christ. Uh, and in leadership empowerment, some of that is through chaplaincy and specialized ministries. Others are answering God's call by going to seminary and undergraduate school. And as American Baptist, uh, you are eligible for scholarship assistance when you go to college, when you go to seminary. Uh, just by virtue of being a member of this church. So that's a good reason to be American Baptist. Uh, we also uh, uh, support clergy through financial assistance and training through programs uh, such as the um, uh, Your Money, Your Goals, which is a new initiative that Lauren is, is leading up, and also another initiative called In Support of Excellence. We received a Lilly grant uh, for a million dollars and then a second grant for a half million dollars to just uh, help clergy who are struggling to make those ends meet uh, to, to serve God in, in a time with enormous financial challenges because these are very difficult economic times. Anybody knows anything about that? <laughs> you know, getting those ends to meet can be hard. I heard a guy say the other day that he stopped trying to get the ends to meet. If he can just get them to wave at each other, I mean, that would be... And so we, we're, we're helping clergy who are trying to make those ends meet and we have other ministries, ministry areas as well through, that we support through the Home Mission Societies. Uh, also equipping disciples or trying to uh, provide Christian leaders with the vital resources and tools that they need to serve churches such as Santa Clara First Baptist. Um, helping churches with renewal. Many of our congregations, historic churches, are uh, trying to renew and face the challenges of a new day. And uh, we provide resources for that. Publication Society, uh, 180 years ago. You know, I, I was reading also in your history that uh, Osgood Wheeler uh, showed up with 100 books from the Publication Society. What a concept. Uh, and I regret that I didn't bring the books today from the Publication Society that I uh, had intended to bring. For that reason, the Publication Society lives on in what is now known as Judson Press. And so we're engaged with equipping disciples. We're also engaged with healing and transforming communities through a variety of initiatives, grants, uh, consultations, consultations that help persons who are trying to impact their communities as you are doing here today. I'm just really uh, in awe uh, with this Hope Silicon event that you're doing. I've been taking pictures uh, of all these backpacks lined up uh, here today because the impact that you're going to have, that you are having on this community is enormous, and God bless you for that. Uh, also, disaster relief, uh, disaster response and emergency ministries. Many of you have been engaged in uh, our disaster response efforts. I understand that some of you went to Puerto Rico following Hurricane Maria, and that you volunteered and served there, and we appreciate that. But that's just one example of how we're uh, trying to bring healing and transformation to communities 
that are impacted uh, by disasters. And then the last thing I'll mention for now is intercultural ministries, recognizing that America is a very diverse nation uh, with persons from multiple languages and uh, communities and ethnic and nationalities and backgrounds. Uh, We try to provide resources to empower those persons who are serving in ministry uh, with the tools that they need of of whatever language or nationality or or tribe, because as God's people, uh, God sends us to reach all people. I'm going to try to be brief today. You've got a lot going on, and I'm happy to be here, and I want to to experience Hope Silicon in its fullness. I'm going to be talking uh, to you from the book of Acts, the second chapter. Uh, in the second chapter of, of Acts, uh, because there I think we, we, uh, the story is told of the very first Hope Silicon event. <laughs> the very first Hope Silicon event. You're continuing a tradition that was started many years ago, uh, that was started many years ago in Jerusalem. And when I think about that first church, I see you today reclaiming the passions uh, that were ignited by uh, the first church. Uh, in Jerusalem, and uh, just want to lift that uh, story up uh, today, and uh, I don't actually see my first page. I've been preaching long enough that I'm going to make sure I just find it. <laughs> uh, it's somewhere here. Uh, oh, I fell on the floor behind me. There you go. All right. I knew that if I told you what I was dealing with, you would help me somehow. Because <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to dare try to read that whole passage from memory, man. I just, you know. Uh, but Acts in the second chapter and the uh, 43rd verse, here's what Apostle Luke writes. And uh, I loved it earlier in the worship, and they started singing about awe and wonder, awe and wonder. Because... Uh, that verse starts by saying that awe, A-W-E, came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Notice what they would do. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as anyone had need. They took their resources and uh, divided them up. And as I'm looking at these backpacks here today, uh, this, is, uh, this is Pentecost revisited right here. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. In their case, that was in Jerusalem. In your case, it's here in Santa Clara. And day by day... The Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. That was a consequence of their ministry. After they did all these things, engaging the world around them, uh, Luke says, and as they did those things, every day the people came. And God added numbers to their midst. You know, in 1975, the gospel singer Andre Crouch uh, released a song entitled Take Me Back. And uh, I loved that song. I was very young then, but it was, it was a rallying cry for many Christians uh, to remain passionate in walking with the Lord. Uh, the words of take me back, or take me back, take me back, uh, dear Lord, to the place where I first received you. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. 
Uh, those words when I come to my mind when I think about the challenge facing uh, the Church of Christ uh, today. And that is to recapture a sense of passion around our vital mission to the world. And so that's what I'm talking about, reclaiming the passion of the first church. Uh, reclaiming the passion of the first church. I'm excited to see the passion expressed here at Santa Clara First Baptist Church in this Hope Silicon celebration. Because you're modeling the good news that was embedded in the earliest church at Pentecost. And it is a timeless formula for our success, success today. We looked at that first church in Jerusalem more than 2,000 years ago because that's really where it all started. They were compelling in their effectiveness because of what? Because of their energy level, and I see boundless energy here today. Because of their endurance, uh, they stayed on mission no matter what happened, and you've been on mission now 169 years. Although you don't look a day over 50, you guys have been here 169 years. Uh, and, uh, and they expanded globally. Energy, endurance, and global expansion. And when we look at the, the diversity within this congregation, the lives that you're touching across Santa Clara, Santa, San Jose, and, and through your mission support that you're touching across this nation and across the world, you have all the ingredients and all of the, all of the testimony of the First Church at Jerusalem. And our generation really needs uh, your kind of witness. Uh, as you model that spiritual fervor, of the faith of the first church, Jerusalem, the fellowship life that is so evident with your life groups, people coming together outside of Sunday morning worship, uh, and then this energetic worship that, that gives all praise and glory to God. Uh, that's how the first church did it, and as a result of what they modeled, we are here today, 2,000 years later, still going strong because God is real and God is good and God blesses us when we live in obedience to God's word. So imagine the impact in our society today when the church reclaims the Great Commission, embracing the whole world with God's redeeming love, as did the first church, when we truly practice the great commandment to love our neighbors as ourselves, and then embrace a compelling vision of who and what we are called to be by God as we consciously write our future story. The first century church was awesome. Uh, they were an awesome church. In, in the book of Acts, Luke describes a church that was focused on the Great Commission in a complex social world that was often hostile to their very existence. It was very challenging then to proclaim the gospel. It was, they lived in a world with polytheism. Uh, people worshipped many gods. Uh, people spoke many languages and so forth. And uh, their fellowship contained a mixture of people, uh, many of them poor and nameless people who lived on the land. There were also Hebrew Christians in their congregation who were regarded as heretics from the true faith. But despite all of the social challenges inherent in, inherent in the makeup of their congregation, and, and the challenges that confronted them in the larger culture outside their doors. That first church withstood all of that, and they promoted the message. They remained focused that God had placed them there for such a time as this, and they endured hardness as good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Notice what they did. Through faith, hope, and love, they steadily, just through constant endurance, became a global Christian movement known as the church. Not a building, but they were a movement. 
They traversed uncharted paths uh, for the sake of the gospel while expanding their membership. Notice what they did then across national, cultural, and language borders. You're doing that today. They convinced an untutored world of the reality and power of faith in Jesus Christ. This is not a myth. It's not imaginary. God is real. Jesus is real. And when you do what he calls you to do, you make an impact in the world. They served as agents of reconciliation and healing uh, amidst much human brokenness, hopelessness, and despair. They had a presence. The church then, 2,000 years ago, they had a presence in the villages and the amphitheaters and the community-wide festivals and the cultural arts centers and the high museums of their day. And yes, they had all that then. Uh, cultural centers and high museums and they had a presence and I see that history repeating itself today here at Hope Silicon Uh, history records that whenever successive generations of churches like yours have stayed on mission remained focused and answered the call of God that God does these things God opens doors for the expansion of their ministry that no one can open or shut God makes a way out of no way for your ministry, and the Holy Spirit attracts people from all backgrounds and walks of life. So again, history shows that when the church stays on mission, God blesses and God provides every step of the way. Our greatest challenge is to transmit our faith to emerging generations. New generations are emerging today. Uh, that don't have a personal testimony of journeying with God as so many of the Christians of old many years ago. Uh, They don't really have the experience of trusting God no matter the storms of life, no matter what comes their way. And so once we decide to uh, follow Jesus, uh, we grow our faith by exercising our faith outdoors. Uh, What you're doing to uh, today at Hope Silicon, that's like the church's outdoor exercise. <laughs> that's, that's real, true evangelism. It is uh, being present in your community and making God's love known and felt. Much of what is at stake in our day is empowering emerging generations to share our faith in our contemporary context. Uh, because our young adults, our young people, and are entering a world, school, college, military, workforce, where the majority discourages conversation, the majority culture discourages conversation about faith. In today's world, it is considered cool to talk about being spiritual without being religious and without any outward signs of leading a Christian life. That's what happens uh, today. Uh, But a testimony or a profession of faith without corresponding commitments is meaningless hype. Uh, Try being a good student, right, without going to class or doing homework or taking exams or having rapport with your professors and see how far you get. (laughs) Try being a successful employee on your job without going to work, without completing assignments, without being accountable to your supervisor or without advancing the company's mission or without responding to customer concerns and see how far you get. Try being a good athlete without exercising or conditioning and training, without going to practice, without joining a team, without following the rules rules of the game, without listening to your coach and see how far you get. Try being a good citizen without paying your taxes or obeying the laws or casting a vote or staying informed on what's going on in your community and see how far you get. What makes people think that one can be a good Christian without participating in a community of fellow believers, without baptism, without communion, without Bible study, uh, without prayer? 
without hearing the gospel preached, without worship, without giving your time, talents, and treasure at church, without loving your neighbor. We have a great commission to share this news. So I want to close by making this plain, that across our nation and world, I believe there truly is a spiritual revival underway. Hard to see it at times, but there is a revival underway. The early Christians were in awe, and today Silicon Valley is in awe of God at work in your midst. And here's what they did. They practiced a simple formula that caused them to impact the world. And the Holy Spirit summons us to do the same. The text says that all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. These three things. One, they all believed. Every member present had faith in the resurrected Lord who kept every promise that he made to them. Every person active in the gathered community believed and what that community stood for. Faith wasn't a narrow reference to positive thinking. All who were present believed. What would happen today if everybody present believed that God is still in control or that God is still active in the world, that God still intervenes when trouble comes, that God still provides light in darkness, order in chaos, water in the desert, desert, that Christ is the Son of God. They all believed. Not only uh, that, but all who uh, were present were together. That is, they were together in mission. They had a common purpose. Everybody was working toward hope. Everybody had a role to play. Everybody had an assignment. Uh, It wasn't like some people were going that way and a few people were going in the other direction. They were all headed in the same direction. And then lastly, not only were they all together, but they had all things in common. They sang hymns together, they prayed together, and we need to do the same. They practiced community together, and we need to do the same. They were a people of faith, they were a people united, and they were a people who shared whatever they had together. I pray God's richest blessings upon you this day, that as you continue to believe, and as you continue to uh, share together, and as you remain united God is going to bless not only Santa Clara, San Jose. I've tried to remember all the different names of all the communities around here. I can't, but I know there's a lot going on. Uh, but as you continue to serve and, 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 and witness to the power of God, God is at work in you. Jesus Christ is real. And Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And just, and just, as, and just as souls were added daily to their fellowship <laughs> as, they, as they gave out backpacks, as they shared food, as they ate in each other's homes. Souls are being added, not will be added. Souls are being added. Not someday might, possibly, if we keep on our souls are being added to Santa Clara First Baptist Church today because of your obedience. God bless you.